Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into another edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley. Joined, as always, by Brian Peroni. Um, Brian, how's everything going? Oh, it's going well. This is a nice uh, Monday or Tuesday or whatever day this goes live. Yeah, we're um, we're uh, we're coming off a big weekend with the NFL draft wrapping up on Saturday. Um, we'll touch on that. Four A&M players went, um, and that and, and several others ended up as undrafted free agents or, or getting tryouts. It was a big weekend as well for brain and baseball and then ain't in basketball looking at Monday morning, picking up a commitment from Mississippi state transfer, Anderson Garcia. Um, I'll have a, a, I'll have a deep, deep analysis as a big basketball insider. I'm going to give you guys, you stick around. I'm going to give you all some. Yeah. You some stick around. Brian's going to bring out the white, Brian's going to bring out the whiteboard and diagnose exactly yes. uh, what he saw from, from play by play from Anderson. Wait, Garcia. what position did he play again? <laughs> Um, you know, in, in today's day and age, Brian, with you can just stick with positional. Everybody's positionless. I know, but Everybody I don't know play. his position, so I got to uh, look that up like before a, I can say he's, he's, he's like a, a great three. blocker. He's like a oh, he's three. a three. Oh, he does every. Oh, he's all around. It's it's he's an all around okay. guy. Guards, guards the Big one time. to four. You can quote um, me on that. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, everybody, everybody in today, today's day and age, it's like they uh, I've even heard some some football coaches kind of start talking about that. Now, guy's a positionless guy. Well, he's got to play some position. So where does he play? Um, oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And then, um, you know, a couple of A&M targets also uh, cut down their list this past weekend. So we'll, we'll touch on that and um, kind of look at where the board stands right now heading into official visits. Um, now, Brian, starting starting at the NFL draft, I mean, we have we have to start with Kenyon Green going number fifteen overall to the Houston Texans. Um, really cool opportunity for him to stay close to home and and end up with the Texans. And you know, with with the way that offensive line has looked in the in the past couple of years, there's a there's a definitely a, a path forward to to playing early and, ha- and having a chance to to really contribute there. And I think it's a good pickup for the Texans. They're obviously very familiar with what he's what he's done in college and and just a super versatile guy that that um really deserves where he ended up yeah it did surprise me a little bit that he went where he did I mean I don't think any of the mocks had him you know quite that high what was it 15 15, uh you know people had him if they had him in the first round they had him you know in the mid-20s or so but you know the Texans had obviously had a had a 
a lot of chance to see him in person, see him, you know, play a lot, knew a lot about him with him being from Houston and being at AM. Also, the Texans draft was like very heavy. It's almost like they didn't leave the region because the first pick, Derek Stingley from LSU. Yeah, Kenyon Green. After that, Jalen Petrie from Baylor, who is from Houston. John Mechie from Alabama. Christian Harris from Alabama. You know, uh, Christian Harris uh, was a one-time A&M commit who's from Baton Rouge. And then the, their final pick, Austin DeCulis from LSU, who went to Cy Fair. It's like, they're like, all right, man, we just like, we're excited to get these guys back in Houston. So, yeah. But, uh, but it, no, it is an interesting thing. You know, Kenyon Green... He was at Cam Dewberry's uh, announcement back in December when Cam committed to AM on the during the early signing period. And he was there and he was on crutches. And, you know, I don't think he necessarily wanted it out at the time. You know, he had had something done, I think, on his knee. I don't want to say for sure. I don't really remember. But then this past week, we saw a lot of speculation come out that, oh, you know, there's some injury and some surgery issues and he might drop. But when the draft comes, when the draft is near, you hear that stuff all the time. Teams leak stuff to try and maybe, you know, sneak a guy in later than others, you know, may have. So who knows what's true and what's not that, but then. But I thought there was a chance that he could, you know, somebody could get an absolute steal if he fell out of the first round. But the Texans, Texans traded back two picks, but, you know, traded back to uh, to take him and took him high. So, you know, good for Kenny Green, man. Go get paid. Go play for the hometown team. You know, step in next to Laramie Tunsil, assuming he plays guard. He could play, I guess, tackle opposite Laramie Tunsil. I'm not sure exactly what they have him for, but good fit. Well, I think that's, that's one of the big things is when you look at what he did at AM, I mean, he played everywhere. And I mean, he really kind of was 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 one of the stabilizing presences along that offensive line. And um it's kind of a godsend that he was able to play, you know, out of tackle, out of guard, and um that's going to benefit him down the road. And how about that, that draft party as well. And just, I mean, there were people up on the second level and, and going up, it was, it was a really cool night to see that. And um, you know, it's a really, it's a really good spot for him. I think, I think, um, you know, makes me I feel pretty old because I interviewed him as a freshman in high school. So, <laughs> but you know what, actually they completely unrelated to, to him, but I'm feeling really old because the first class I covered starting with when they were sophomores in high school, there's a guy who's already had an NFL career and retired, not because of injuries, just retired in Andrew Luck. And he's been retired, what, like three years now? It's like, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, you know, you and I talked about you went out to McKinney High School and Marcus Shavers yep. is head coach there this week. I covered him as a recruit. Like, time is passing by and I'm not a fan. Yeah. This needs to, <laughs> needs to slow know, down we, a bit. We talked about that and he goes, you know, me, me and Brian Peroni go way back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know you, you covered his recruitment and, and all that. Now he's a head coach, man. Now he's. He's he's rolling on there at McKinney and and got them and got them going. Um, so yeah, okay, man, sorry, I, didn't mean I to take it off. Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green's I don't, I don't good wanna, player. I don't want to call you old. <laughs> no, I'll call myself old. It's fine. I used to be a young buck in this industry. <laughs> now I'm the the wily old veteran. <laughs> um, and then just just moving on, and I am looking at um, you know, Demarvin Leal and um. He goes off the board in round three to the to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, kind of interesting how many steel how many former Aggies are are kind of building up in in Pittsburgh now. He'll join Dan Moore and he'll join Buddy Johnson, and you know it's yeah, Jay it's, Jay Sternberger actually is is now with them. Jay know, Sternberger signing, uh, and then uh, signing a Aaron deal Hanks, in the offseason. 
And then Tyree Johnson ends up signing an, an undrafted free agent deal with the Steelers too. So they're, they're loading up on Aggies. And, you know, I, I think for him, I think he's going to head into, he's going to head up to Pittsburgh with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, maybe, maybe fell a little bit further than what I mean, he be, at this time a year ago, he was a shoe in yep. first round pick. People said, you know, number, you know, possibly even number one overall, but you know, then you also had a guy like Sam Howell who, you know, a lot of people had as the top guy in yep. the draft, you know, Sam Howell falls to the fifth round. So, I mean, it's sort of a crapshoot when you do it that early, but yeah, I don't think Liao, even when he declared expected to be a third round pick. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think, when you go through the draft process, more and more questions kind of emerge. Like, where is he a best fit? Where does he play? Um, but you know, he's, he's going to head into a situation in Pittsburgh. And again, another, another opportunity to maybe see some early playing time along that defensive line. I know they kind of need guys along there. And so, um, you know, now it's time to, it's time to go. And I think he brings some of the same stuff to the Steelers that he brought at A&M that he can play inside, he can play outside. And, and that versatility and, you know, we'll, we'll need to get stronger. And I, that's probably one of the big things that when you look at what NFL teams are looking for, that'll probably be the one big thing for him, but. Well, his speed too. I, he had actually one of like the most probably disappointing 40 times, but I mean, how many yeah. times is he going to be asked to run downfield? Exactly. He seems quick enough. You know, he was a player at A&M. He made plays, he popped on film. Exactly. So I'm not too concerned about that. It's It seemed like, you know, just looking at some of these, you know, Michael Clements was a guy who seemed to really, you know, have probably the best testing numbers of anybody and and really help himself. And, um, you know, that's, that's one tip, tip your hat to him and the year that he had as a senior. And then, you know, what he put together, you know, at the, at the pro day at the combine, they end up going in the fourth round to the New York jets is, is, is really, really cool. And, um, you know, just kudos to him. Cause, cause he really built off this past year coming back for, for another year and, and was able to stay healthy. I think that was one of the biggest, biggest keys. And uh, yeah, this is a guy that's, that came out of uh Saxe, I believe he went to, Yeah. not only did he have to go junior college, he was a walk-on junior college. He wasn't even yeah. really recruited by Cisco. And out of all the JC in Texas, you know, most of them are in East Texas, you know, but Cisco is out there between Fort Worth and, and Abilene and just does not attract the talent that the other, uh, the other Texas Jucos do. So he goes out there to Cisco red shirts, then plays and, you know, gets an offer to A&M and then is hurt a couple years at A&M in a COVID year. I mean, he, I think he, I mean, I really think he had eight seasons of college eligibility, you know, but I mean, it paid off. I mean, fourth round is good money. And that means he, you don't cut fourth round picks in many air after uh, mini camp, they make the roster. So. Yeah, and the, the you know the coaching that he's going to get the specific coaching you know there he's gonna he's gonna have a chance to really succeed there and I mean it's just it's just kind of amazing when you look at it if you looked at this time last year speaking of the mock drafts and you had Michael Clemens as the third guy off the board I'm not sure anybody would have really said that between you know Isaiah nobody Spiller had that last that, week I mean it was surprising yeah, when he got yeah. taken for Spiller um, but you know he was a guy that that really helped himself throughout the draft process and. And ends up in a really good spot. And then the the fourth guy selected was um, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, he goes to the West Coast to the LA Chargers and joins a really good offense there. Um, I think they're going to find quite a few ways to use him. They they've they've got a couple running backs in that room, but um, I think it's a really good spot for him as well to join kind of a an, an offense. When I was looking it up, was the fifth ranked offense in the league last year. 
terms of points scored. And so, um, you know, he's he's a guy maybe again is his top end speed kind of hurt him down the in, during the draft process. But another guy that was just really you know productive at A and M and um, dependable three year starter, um, and and has a chance to really stick around for quite a while with the Chargers. Now, yeah, I actually thought the Texans might take him when they took uh, Damian Pierce out of Florida early on the third day. You know, Pierce is that same sort of mold, you know, bigger back, not, you know, a 4-6 guy just like Spiller is. But uh, Spiller's not going to have to be the guy right away in uh, with uh, L.A., but he has a chance to become the guy, and, you know, they seem pretty excited about it. You know, I know they everybody plays up their draft and know, oh, yeah, we got all the guys we wanted and, you know, and they fell to us and others, other teams didn't know what they were doing. But I really do think that they were excited to, that that Spiller was still around when they picked in the fourth round. Nobody had him. Some people had him sneak or in the second and some even say, you know, possibly sneaking into the first. But I think, like you said, it was, it's that top end speed that likely, that likely cost him that, but he can catch. And that's the huge deal in the NFL. If you can show you can catch. Yeah, he can definitely be a receiver out of the backfield. And um, and I think the other thing that was kind of maybe a knock on him was was his pass blocking probably needs to still get a little bit better. But, uh, you know, when you talk about a guy with uh, looking at the draft coverage, I thought they put it well with his vision and his his ability to kind of see holes. And um, I even kind of look at that, that Arkansas game last year, kind of sitting from behind and seeing what he was going up against in that game. Um, he made a lot out of nothing in that game, just in terms of the push that Arkansas got and, you know, um, his ability to kind of see holes and, and, and find space, I think will, will, uh, will certainly give him a chance to, to succeed in the NFL. And then in terms of undrafted. Well, so actually one more on that, it's going to be weird next year. Cause A&M is going to have, if he leaves early, going to have potentially the exact opposite back. In uh, yep. Devon Achain, who has the speed, but you wonder, can he hold up to the pounding in the NFL? So, you know, it's just going to be interesting. We're hearing all these, you know, the the potential cons on Spiller now, and it's going to be, like I said, the, the opposite. exact opposite potential cons on Achain yeah. next year if he declares. I mean, you never now, know. Now, that was the thing is, um, you know, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher, that'll be interesting to see because Jimbo Fisher was asked about it during – spring practice about whether he thought that um, Devon Achain could be a 20 to 25 carry guy. And um, he certainly believes so. And so it's going to be interesting to kind of watch him take over as the lead back this year. Just obviously the speed is, the speed is, is, is obvious. Just what he's doing this track season has been, has been really, really impressive. And so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch him take over as the, as the lead back. And like you said, kind of the contrast in, in styles, it could look a little different. Um, and then quickly looking at some of the undrafted free agents, um, you know, I think there were a couple guys that left early that that maybe thought they were going to hear their names called. And, and you know, J- Jalen Weidemeyer was a guy that was on a lot of mock drafts last at this time last year and, you know, didn't have a great run through, you know, the combine and pro days and things like that. And, you know, kind of battled drops last season. And um, he ends up as an undrafted free agent going to, going to Buffalo, Tyree Johnson ends up going to Pittsburgh. Um, Leon O'Neill ended up signing a deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jameer Johnson um, is heading to the Packers, and Seth Small is heading to the uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and, and Aaron Hansford ends up with the Dallas Cowboys. One more, uh, Jaden Peavy. Where did he go? 
Jaden Peavy ends up with the Tennessee Titans. That's yeah. that's the other one, which was cool, by the way. If you, I don't know for those who saw it on Twitter, but um, looked like Jaden Peavy actually played Pee Wee football with um, Pop Warner football with uh, with he was a Tennessee Titan when he played Pop Warner, oh. and so uh, kind of posted some pictures and said he actually gets to do it for real now. So for that out of that group, which which one kind of sticks out as a guy maybe that has the best opportunity to to make a roster and and have a career for you? Okay, I'm going to say it's got – well, there's two. Uh, starting with Weidemeyer. I mean, Weidemeyer, if he plays like he did as a sophomore, he is a, an NFL starter. If he plays like he did as a junior, he's, you know, a practice squad guy. So I, I think teams had to balance that out. And then when you had testing times, he did – he was never a guy that was going to test off the charts. That just wasn't going to be the case. But – We've seen that ability. We've seen him get open. We've seen the great hands. We've seen him as a red zone threat. Now, once again, he regressed a bit as a junior, and then his testing wasn't good. But, um, you know, the one thing about uh, late-round draft picks, most players would rather be undrafted than go in the seventh round or maybe late sixth because they can pick their spots. They can say, hey, who's got the best depth? And they can also look for contracts that, hey, you know, who's willing to give me, you know, a signing bonus, something guaranteed. Well, Weidemeyer, you know, had to look at, uh, you know, the Buffalo uh, depth chart because, you know, he was a popular guy after, right after the, the draft wrapped up. You know, he was getting a ton of calls. And then the other guy, uh, Leon O'Neill. I just, you know, I felt bad for Leon. He was, I did too. you know, we, Leon is a vocal guy. He's been that way ever since we covered him in high school. You know, has a lot of confidence in himself. But, you know, it's still, you know, he seemed genuinely excited about the draft. And then when he didn't get, picked you know it just you know sort of hurt but he's going to san francisco great like there's an opportunity for him to make that roster there and also they clearly liked him because they gave him not only a ten thousand dollar signing bonus but it was fifty thousand guaranteed which does not happen with undrafted free agents very often i mean they have to be really high on him which means there was probably a bit of a bidding war for for leon as well because i mean he's proven he can play yeah he had his ups and downs during his career at AM, but when he's on he's on and then he matured too. I mean, he was the Aggie Hart Award winner. You know, that's the biggest honor that you can get at AM. And if you would have told me when Leon was a freshman or a sophomore that he would have been the Aggie Hart guy, I would have, you know, I would have taken your bet and given you incredible odds on that one. So, you know, just watching that maturity both on and off the field, I think he could probably be a pretty good player with uh, San Francisco. Yeah, the key for me with Jalen Weidemeyer is he's going to need to, you know, he's going to need to contribute on special teams as well. But if you look outside of, Dawson Knox, there's like they OJ Howard and Tommy Sweeney weren't huge factors in the passing game. And so if Jalen Weidemeyer can can kind of show that during the preseason, there's an opportunity to kind of to build a role there and 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 make his his way onto a roster. The other one for me, I I agree with you on on Leon O'Neill. I think he's a guy that that folks are just gonna be rooting for. He's just is is his passion for the school and and you know he he was a he was obviously a bit of a polarizing guy at times, but um, you know he got better as 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 he as he went on at A and M. The more he matured, the more he he locked in and truly bought into the A and M system. He got he got better as as time went along, and you know is a guy that has a ton of experience playing in in the best league in in the country. And I think that's that's pretty valuable heading off to to the 49ers. I think he's another guy that'll be asked whatever he's asked to do, he'll do. And you know, is if 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 
Oh yeah, he's going to be flying down on special teams. That that guy is going to be a headhunter on special teams. He's going to be flying on special teams, looking to make any play that he can. The other one I would note though is Aaron Hansford and the fact that you know the Cowboys kind of made a late push to get him in. There was some early talk about him going to the Bills and and the Cowboys kind of came in. And Washington as well. There was some talk about him going in his hometown team. Yeah. Yeah, Washington and for 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 Dallas to kind of swoop in there late. Um, and he's another guy with his athleticism, I think, can make an impact on on special teams. And so um, those are a couple of the early guys that that kind of stick out as 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 those who have a chance to potentially make a roster. Um, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears after this break um, and touch on the A and M baseball um, and talk a little recruiting when when we come back from this short break. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. Brian, going to talk a little baseball. Um, another big series win for, for A&M on the road at, at Vanderbilt, their fourth straight series win, and um, now up in the polls to number 13 overall. Um, and we talked about it a week ago, but – now very much in play to host a host potentially a regional and um you know they just continue to get better as the season goes along another kind of offense explosion offensive explosion on on sunday um seems to be a thing now where on sundays and in, in rubber games they kind of pour it on and early and and get the bats going but just another really impressive weekend and um what what jim schlossnagel's been able to do in in his first year to potentially have this team in, in the conversation to host a regional is just, is just absolutely very extremely impressive. Yeah. If you could just like, I mean, we could just skip this part and you just take my comments from last week and the whole yeah. conversation, because once again, Nathan Detmer, you know, two weeks ago, SEC pitch of the week last week, you know, dominant 
this week dominant again on uh, you know in the opener on Thursday, and that was huge. A and M taking that opener from uh, from Vandy. So him, uh, Jacob Polish, just keeps coming in in key situations. Now he does usually give up a hit or two, but then just you know he gets the bases loaded and just oh yeah, let me just work out of that. Your three straight strikeouts or whatever. You know he's just been nails and has been able to eat innings. I mean, he's going, you know, three, four innings each time. And that is huge when you come to the postseason, a guy that can can uh, take over innings like that. And then Moo Minifee started out the season not so great. Now, two yeah. weeks in a row, he is just – or really, I think the last three series, he's just had some long relief outings that have been outstanding. You know, he gave up one run, I think, on one hit. He may have given up a second hit right before coming out. Uh, this week, but yeah, just one run and, it, you know, an error uh, contributed to that run. So he is, you know, the fact that he's turned it on is, is could make AM pretty dangerous when the postseason comes around because, you know, like I said, I, you know, the starters are key, but if you can get guys that can come in, you know, even if a starter goes six innings, then the guy can, can go the final three. But let's say a starter struggles a little bit, like, uh, like they have the past couple of Sundays, you know, he can come in and, uh, and just go, you know, not go the distance, but, you know, he can go five or six innings without a problem. And to me, that's been one of the biggest things outside of the the bats really getting going and, and putting up some big, some huge numbers scoring, scoring wise the past couple of weeks, the bullpen being able to really close some of these games out um, early in the year was, was really shaky. The games against Penn and you wondered if that might be kind of a weakness, but uh, you know, the, the arms have just gotten better as the year go, has gone along guys like Menifee and, and polish. And, you know, it's just, it's put this team in a, in a really good spot and heading into the, with the postseason just around the corner. And, um, you know, they're up to number 12 in the computer RPI rankings. And so just everything with, with this team is kind of trending in an upward direction, which, which is what you want to see in, in year one. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, mid season, Nobody had this team in the tournament. No. I would not have thought, you know, it's like, okay, Schlossnickel's doing an okay job, you know, year one. He's got a lot of new faces. Not only is this team in the tournament, pretty much a lock in the tournament now, if it ended right now, they would almost assuredly host a regional. And the final three series of the regular season, two are at home, the next two are at home, and all three are against unranked opponents. So as long as A&M wins each series, you know, takes care of business as they're supposed to, they could even afford to drop, you know, two games in, in one of them. But they could be a super regional host, which means one of the top eight seats nationally. And if you – I mean, I can't even imagine what the odds were on that, you yeah. know, before the season. But even midseason, if I would have told you or told anybody, hey, yeah, this team, they're going to host a super regional, I would have been laughed out of the building. I mean, it's incredible the turnaround that they've been. And I think it all starts with Detmer. I mean, Detmer has been just – yeah. Lights out as a Friday night starter has been a you know he's gone up against you know Connor Nolan and outdueled him. I mean, just been really really good. And to set that up, I mean that's that's basically you know the the stat the starts that they've got out of him. You pick up the first game of the series, and then you're just trying to maybe pick up one more the rest of the way and and win the series. I mean, it's he's just put a And M in, in in such a good spot and got and especially set the bullpen up well for the rest of the weekend. I mean, if he if he struggled, you know, that would have a ripple effect through the rest of the weekend. And so just what he's been able to do, eating innings and 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 delivering quality start after quality start has been has been really impressive. And like you said, the schedule sets up really well going forward. 
for them now. Uh, and that's, I, I think that's one of the other things is really when you, when you look at where they've kind of gotten hot and, and caught fire is through the toughest part of their schedule. I mean, they've played Arkansas, Georgia, Vanderbilt, uh, beat Texas, beat up on Dallas Baptist. I mean, they've, they've, they've beaten some really, really good teams and, and, and put up some offensive numbers while they've done it. No, for sure. I mean, this, yeah, it's, you know, the, uh, the bats were a little quiet the first two games this weekend, but you know, pitching was there. So everybody's doing their, their job. And when the bats turn on, I mean, what did, uh, Targach had two home runs. Now he's double digits. Clonch, uh, Troy Clonch went, uh, you know, had four hits on Sunday. Um, you know, yeah. Targach had six RBIs. So, you know, and those are, you know, you you never know who you're going to count on. It could be Jack Moss and Dylan Rock one game. It could be those guys. It could be Bose. It could be Minich. I mean, really anybody can step up. And that hasn't, AM hasn't had the, that number of playmakers in the past few years. I mean, like Will Frizzell was one guy, you know, and then before that, you know, Shoemake. Was and you know one guy and so uh, the fact that A and M has just a team full of guys that are coming up clutch is is I mean that's that's what you need for a deep postseason run, no doubt. And, um, switching gears a little bit to the to the football side of things now and on the recruiting trail, a couple of A and M targets um, released top schools this week, some top nines, some top tens, which I know fans just love seeing those <laughs> come across. Uh, but one of the notable ones was Jonte Cook. Um, he put out a top five of A&M, Texas, Florida, Michigan, and Jackson State. Um, okay, do we buy – somebody's missing. You're yeah, yeah, Alabama. I, no, do we buy that Alabama's yeah. not in it? No, I do not buy that Alabama's not still in this, especially coming off a visit. Um, I don't think you can count out Alabama yet, um, especially when I talked to him. Um, yeah, you were not there ago. that long ago. I, I was out there probably two weeks ago, and I asked him what what about Alabama, and he said Alabama's Alabama. He's like, there's just no other way I can I can really say it. And it also sounded like you know when he when he looked at that receiver room, um, he saw an opportunity for early playing time. And so that was the other thing that was interesting to me is you know Nick Saban kind of pointed out to him, I think it was on um, one of the I think it was the national championship team with Tua and, and Devontae Smith about you know, just the number of freshmen that he had on the field at, at one time when they won that national championship. And, um, you know, at, at the time that seemed to really be something that, that kind of intrigued Jonte Cook. And so I would not rule Alabama out. Um, although I do think, you know, the two constants in this, during this recruitment have been A&M and Texas. Yeah. And I still think that that kind of remains who, who I would have if I, if, if, if heading down the stretch of this, um, although I think, I think, I think this could last probably into the late summer or fall, probably with with Cook and Florida is another one, another one I would caution not ruling out. Um, he's got a good relationship with that coaching staff, and so um, it's going to be really interesting to watch. You know, when it simply put, when it comes to A and M, they need Evan Stewart to have a really productive year, and if they do that, it's going to really really help. Um, yeah, John, I mean, is a similar player, and he he knows he, that. So yeah, if he, he sees Evan Stewart put up numbers, then. When we when we talked, I think it was a, about a month ago, I said, what are you looking for in the spring game? And he said, I want to see them get Evan Stewart the ball because if they get Evan Stewart the ball, I know going there they'll be able to get me the ball as well. That's kind of just simply put what he's what he's looking at. Um, and, you know, Damian Craig and, and, and the A&M staff, he's got some really good relationships. He said A&M is probably one of the best relationships he's got. Um, now he loves Austin, loves loves the city, and so – 
you know, Texas is going to be in this very much until the end as well. And, uh, you know, he's got a good relationship with Arch Manning. So um, depending on how that shakes out as well, that'll be another factor to, to watch in this recruitment. But, you know, I think still Texas and Texas A&M are kind of the two teams at the top of that. And we'll, we'll probably be battling. And uh, yeah, so I had pointed out something on the board about that recruitment. The fact that he left out Alabama. Now, again, we're not discounting Alabama, but the fact that they're, you know, not quite as high as the others. That could bode pretty well for A&M with another guy, uh, Malik yeah. Muhammad. National top one really cornerback. Close. Yeah, at South Oak Cliff, those guys are close and have talked about playing together. Now, package deals aren't really a thing, but, you know, guys can recruit each other and can talk about it and they can end up at the same place, you know. So, you know, Malik Muhammad is pretty much down to A&M in Alabama. So yeah. if if you don't have Jonte Cook, uh, you know, recruiting him to Alabama, he could be recruiting him to A&M or vice versa, Malika Hamid recruiting uh, John Tate A&M. Now also Texas got a commitment from Trey Wisner, who's now at DeSoto and is a high school teammate of John Tate. Yeah. Now he's a new teammate. So, you know, doesn't know him quite as well as, you know, as Malik, who's not a teammate, but has been up there forever. But her Manny, I guess people call Malik Muhammad. If you ever hear people saying Manny, that's him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's just sort of some interesting dynamics with the release of that list and what, what it could mean and who could have a pull and who could have the influence there. Yeah. And that, and that's what, I mean, early on in the recruit in, in his recruiting process, John T. Cook told me he was going to take basically all of his visits with, with Manny Muhammad. And, you know, it doesn't end up always playing out like that schedules don't line up and, and things like that. But it just speaks to kind of, like you said, the relationship that they have together is, is pretty strong. And, um, you know, I could definitely see that being a factor as you, as you head into the fall, I don't think John T. Cook's going to be a guy that's in, in any hurry to make any sort of a decision, you know, and I asked him a couple weeks ago about official visits. Didn't seem to really have any that he had in mind quite yet, although I would expect A&M and, and Texas to get official visits for sure, but didn't have any mind yet. I think he wants to see how the seasons play out for both A&M and, and Texas. And so that could be something to, to kind of monitor. And then, um, you know, kind of looking at the offensive line as well, Connor Stroh was another guy that released a top five. He's got his official visits set for the summer and then is going to make a decision after that. Um, and, you know, it was, there was a question on the board yesterday about, you know, where, where he kind of fits on the A&M offensive line front. I think with a guy like him and his A&M ties, when you extend an offer, you kind of are ready to, you know, pursue. Yeah. You have to be ready just in case as a legacy, what if he would have committed on the spot? So yeah, when they extended that offer, it wasn't like, Hey, you know, now we can say we did it and, you know, hold, yeah. you know, hold them off for a bit. So. I think I was, that's a guy and it'll be interesting to see how that, that one plays out, uh, you know, and, you know, just looking at, we talked about this last week, but just, you know, I, I don't think in today's day and age with the way offensive lines, you know, are, are kind of taking shape, you know, he's a guy with size. That's, that's a massive body. And, you know, you try to work with him on footwork and things like that. And, and, you know, you can't teach that size though. And so I think that's why schools are kind of looking at him as, as a guy that they can take and, and develop for a couple of years and uh, potentially have an, a, like a tackle body. And so, I mean, that's, that's really where I think things stand with him. And then Ian Reed is another guy. Um, I know you, you spoke to him probably a couple of weeks ago about, about A&M and he stopped by for a spring practice. Um, A&M made a great impression on him. And um, you know, it sounds like he's going to, he's going to try to cut his list down again before the season starts and then yeah. make a decision towards the early signing period. But, 
Um, you know, AM could well work their way in the mix with that as well as a rugby player as well, interesting enough. Um, which I think is, is kind of an interesting side to him. Yeah, uh, two guys, uh, you know, I think we talked about it last week too. Two guys, not tackles, well, one place tackle in high school, but not tackles the next level at all. But AM is in really good position for Harris Sewell, top 100 uh, offensive guard out of Odessa Permian, and TJ Shanahan, top 100 offensive guard out of Austin Westlake. Shanahan did play tackle this year, but it's not likely at the next level. I mean, he's just a big old, big old mauler on the inside yeah. and looks like it looks the part. Uh, AM has a real good shot of landing both those guys. Both should be on official visits that June 10th weekend with uh, most of the commits. So, you know, that's that's big for them to get them in. So, AM does need those tackles. And you were talking about uh, Connor Stroh. Same thing with Isaiah Robinson. I mean, you see a guy that I think he came mm-hmm. in at 6'8 at, uh, at a camp. And so, and he's got the length and everything. And so, you know, Coaches see that and say, hey, yeah, let's get him on campus. We'll get that guy ready to play. So, you know, and you're seeing A&M, you know, start to push a lot harder for him. He's uh, he's going to head down on unofficial visit this month at some point. Yeah, and that's a guy, I mean, he just picked up an offer from LSU too. So um, he's continued to add some some offers and um, has won offensive, offensive line MVPs at a couple camps already this spring. And so, um, you know, and, and to your point on, on TJ Shanahan, I was uh, – at a game early this this fall with 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 him and, and a coach that had been recruiting him for a long time and and kind of pointed to that point that that he's definitely a guard at the next level but he's going to be a really good one and um you know I think he's he's really really interested in AM. I would I would I I can't stress that enough when I was when he moved to Austin Westlake I think kind of the initial thought was well he's going to be at Austin Westlake Texas is just down the street and he <laughs> he continued to maintain no AM's in in among my top schools and you know, yeah, I mean, a was in good shape for him when he was in Orlando. Yeah. So now that he's, you know, even closer, hour and a half down the road. Right. And and that was the thing is he was, you know, and his relationship was with Josh Henson, but I think he just really likes, you know, Jimbo Fisher and, and the staff overall there. But I think that was the thing early on was kind of the thought was, well, he's at Austin Westlake, you know, must must be a guy that's going to end up at, at Texas. But he was really, really high. And, and he was just down the road from, he's just down the road from A&M as well. And so, um, you know, he made clear about that, that, that A&M has always been amongst his top schools. And I think LSU is another school that that certainly is in the mix there as well. And, you know, you can't discount Florida and some of those other schools that that, you know, he kind of grew up around. So, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how the how this summer kind of shakes out on the on the recruiting front. But and then, you know, we can a guy that I'm going to be out to see early this week, uh, you know, on the Monday and Tuesday front is uh, Marcus Deal. And you know, a and is another guy. They've kind of looked at him. You know, he he has said, though, that he prefers, you know, maybe playing along the, the defensive line, but he's kind of open to playing wherever a school might need him. But, you know, his preference would probably lean towards the defensive line. And so um, another guy to kind of keep an eye on. No, yeah, I, I wish – I mean, really good player on both sides of the ball, but I think his his upside on offense is just – Really, really good. He uh, he's taller, but he sort of reminds me a bit of Eric McCoy in that you know he could play center and be one of those taller centers and and be really good. But you know if his heart's on defense, his heart's on defense. But if that's the case, AM's probably not likely just because of the defensive line room and then the guys they're in on. But if he's yeah. willing to play offensive line, then A and M is has just as good a shot as anybody. No doubt. And speaking of the defensive line, a guy that also released his top list was Sadir Mitchell and. Um, has a really good relationship with Elijah Robinson. 
um, kind of that East Coast tie. And um, he was down at a camp last summer that we we both saw him, and he looked really good during that that camp. And uh, no, he's 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 always kind of had an eye on a, on A and M as as a school that that he wanted to get back down for for a visit again. So uh, another guy to keep a close eye on that that kind of just recently put out a top list. Yeah, so my guess he he's he's got an official visit tentatively scheduled for the final weekend in June. My guess at that nose guard position, it's either him or Jared Johnson from North Carolina, who just Jared Johnson is I I think I may have said his name wrong, I may have said the wrong name, but uh, out of North Carolina, he uh, he was just offered by A and M, and as soon as A and M offered, uh, he said okay. He had already narrowed his list, but it was like okay, no, never mind. I have another one, and and uh, yeah. has as the A&M, uh, Jamal Jarrett, sorry, Jamal Jarrett, yeah. that's the name. But both, are, you know, he's a nose guard and said A&M's now one of my top schools and he plans to visit. So I would think that uh, Jamal Jarrett or Sadir uh, Mitchell will be the nose guard in this class. And A&M has time to figure out, you know, let's say if both wanted in, which which one or if they would take both. But uh, both can play and both are ones in Elijah Robinson re- Elijah Robinson's region, which is an even, you know, bigger deal. So he gets to see them up person up close and in person quite often yeah and i think that's that's it's kind of an interesting point on that on that on that front that if both wanted in i think they would take both i mean i think we've if, if there's anything we've learned over the past couple of years with with jimbo fisher and that that staff they will take as many guys to build the trenches as they possibly can he would and sign he, 25 defense linemen if they were already really five stars he wants <laughs> he wants the he wants the that that recruiting class title too you think yeah, coaches don't notice but i mean when jimbo was hired he said we'll have a number one or number one or two recruiting yeah. class every year like he's well aware of those rankings now and, he's not going to recruit off of rankings but you know if he can juke the system and get himself some more <laughs> some more points i don't think he's averse to doing that and even last week you know as he's kind of making these these rounds on the the you know the um, coaches nights the coaches tours you know saw what tweet you know we're going to we're going to get the number one class again and i was like yep there he goes he's he, he's back looking at the rankings and uh you know oh yeah for sure he's one yeah back. some coaches say they don't care about him don't look at him all i mean he's he definitely is honest about, about looking at him and caring about him. If if for nothing else, like I said, not recruiting off him. He's not choosing who to offer based on yeah. the rankings, but he wants that, uh, you know, it, it gives teams momentum. I mean, when A&M signed the number one class of all time, recruits across the country were talking about that. And, still, you know, they you can't are. buy that publicity. So They still are. I mean, there's so many kids that, you know, in – you know, the amount of times I've heard the number one class versus what type of season A&M, you know, the eight and four season that A&M had last year. I don't hear any recruits bring up the number one, like the eight and four season at all. All I hear. No, I actually about, forgot that it was eight and four. I would have. Yeah, all, I, all, I hear kids talk about, all I hear kids, kids talk about is the fact that they, you know, signed the number one recruiting class. And so, you know, you talk about just the momentum they've built off that. I mean, it's it. You know, you he he does look at rankings and uses it to their advantage. There's there's absolutely no doubt. Um. So and just looking finally at uh, you know, Brian, you can get your whiteboard. No, out. yeah, we're yeah. no, we're talking about highly. Yes, we're talking about highly ranked kids. Tell highly me, ranked, yeah, tell get me your about get what's your the name of my out. prospect I'm breaking down. Yeah, yeah, get your whiteboard out. Let's get okay, you know, let's get the one through five going. Um, AM landed a, a basketball transfer on Monday morning. Anderson Garcia. Um, a guy that they got a chance to see at the end of the year. He had a career high 14 points against them. Um, you know, I, 
he's a guy with that that a m is when they've looked at the transfer portal with the immediate eligibility um guy that has up to three years of eligibility remaining am just loves those those types of kids that um that have multiple years of eligibility that they can develop and you know have kind of used up their their one transfer year and and that kind of gives stability to the roster um and they kind of know who they're moving forward with so i mean speaking before last season buzz williams kind of talked about that that when he talked with ross bjork that was something he talked about that they thought that was the way the best way to handle the transfer portal was to to kind of have guys that have multiple years of eligibility be able to work with them um biggest thing i think he'll bring length um he's a good defender um and you know, he's going to help on the glass, which, you know, A&M, if they can have guys with length and all that out on the, out on the perimeter, um, you know, that's, that's what they're kind of looking for. So, you know, you I think can, he knew he was trying out whenever he was playing at A&M. I think, think he yeah, told his teammates, yeah, give me the ball. Yeah, they're going to have some openings. This is, this is my future home. I mean, come on, his career high. Somebody took notice. You think he was <laughs> even like on their radar before yeah. then? And they're like, wait, who's this kid that's normal? What do you average? Like two yeah, points a game or something? Yeah, but four points a game. and Four points, yeah. They're like, who's this guy? He's he's dominating us. We yeah, better go get him. We better yeah, we better gotta go, get this better, guy. Better go get him and, and let me show let me show it off on, on this one right here and in front of this coach and staff. And so I would have looked at that that press conference to see afterwards about I know we're gonna we're gonna have to go look back. No, there's no tampering, but maybe they had an idea. Maybe they yeah. had an idea that he might enter they, and, they and not, he said, okay, not, yeah. They, they did not mention him in the press conference and um, <laughs> did not, did not, you know, it was, that was senior day. So the talk was obviously about, about Quentin Jackson, but um, kind of went back when I was looking at, you know, writing my story and, 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 and things to build around. I'm like, did they ask, did somebody ask about Anderson Garcia during the press I know. Conference? I was like, did Buzz like give it that Anderson Garcia guy, you know, give that just over. <laughs> he can really play. Yeah, no. He's a good player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, that's yeah. uh, people are accusing what Lincoln Riley of doing that with the with, with the Pittsburgh receiver if he actually oh, yeah. enters the portal. So Pittsburgh oh, fans yeah. wanna they wanna sue Lincoln Riley and USC <laughs> for tortuous interference. It's like, oh, it's great, man. I, you know, as much <laughs> as the portal has just changed things completely and sort of made them maddening, I tell you what, it's brought out the the best in fans. It's I mean, how like, about how about just last week in terms of the portal? Not even that. Look at what happened with Isaiah Wong on the basketball side on the on the Miami side. Uh, I still oh, that's it. Not even tell you what happened there, but yeah, you know, agent putting out a story or putting out a tweet that said you know he was transferring if he didn't. Yeah, he's threatening the transfer if his nil didn't go up. Yeah, and then uh, you know him coming out and and releasing the statement saying that you know his his agent he didn't give his agent any authorization to to put that to put that out there and, and, and negotiate it that way. You're, but you're then right. he also, also in his statement, he mentioned one of the people he had an NIL deal with. Exactly. I don't remember who it was. He's like, I'm happy with who Avis Renicar, whoever it was. And it's like, sounds like, sounds like maybe they upped your deal and said, Hey, there are name in that. There are name in your statement, you know, make sure it gets out there. I'll just, I'll just say this. Have, has there been. Oh, allegedly, a, I should say, I have to say that. Allegedly. Sorry, yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Not trying to get us in trouble here. Let's no, legal. <laughs> if you're watching this, I said, allegedly. <laughs> we're, we're going strong here, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say like on, in April and May, 
has there ever been any more excitement in April and May than the transfer portal has created with NIL and all, all that? It's just been like the perfect pot. I think the NCAA was up to something here when they wanted, we're like, how can we extend the offseason excitement? To create yeah, like, yeah. like March it's, Madness is over. What's next for us? You yeah, know, what's next for us? Series? And, Oh, you know, we'll make this portal. portal we'll, we'll make a portal with immediate eligibility, and we'll throw NIL into the mix and just see how that all kind of yeah, works. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, if you don't decide by May 1st, so May 1st is now the drop dead date. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it builds a lot of excitement. So. And then you got Mark Emmert just kind of, you know, announcing he's stepping down next. You just kind of create the system and then step back. And, yeah, no, oh, for man. sure. I'm just okay. curious. So all these guys are transferring this year. Is next year it's going to be really quiet because everybody's already used their one free transfer? Well, that's anybody thing, was right? going to transfer, it's going to be a lot quieter. Honestly, I think because so, well, and I mean, it's just so interesting because when you think about it with the transfer portal, like you don't have to announce it, and it, it, we haven't even gotten into the part about the extra COVID year. I mean, it, when you talk yeah. about numbers and using the extra COVID year, you don't have to make that decision until you get to the end of your eligibility, and so. I mean, a coach is kind of sitting there with transfer portal and, you know, your one-time eligibility. I didn't know that, and and shout out to Chris Summer for for the help on this one, that um, graduate transfers now do have to announce by May 1st if they're going to enter the portal as well. Um, there was apparently a little bit of confusion about that at the beginning, but um, graduate transfers do have to enter the portal by, by May 1st as well. And so that at least gives you a little bit of stability. But I'm, I'm with you. I just think... I just think it's kind of here to stay. And this is kind of the way it's going to be because think about it next. These kids have used their one year, but there's a whole freshman class coming in and a sophomore class now that haven't used their, their year of eligibility as well. That if they're not getting a lot of them have already transferred though, there's a lot of class of 2021 guys that are in the portal now. And so now they're stuck wherever they end up. I mean, you could transfer again, but you have to sit out a year, but right. And the other thing, I mean, I think the other component to this that, that kind of made, you know, was, was niche dynamic is they haven't had a chance. They didn't get the chance to take visits to, to a lot of the schools that they were going to. And so you kind of already sensed there were maybe going to be a lot of transfers because of that. No, and, for sure. You know, I've shared yeah. this story before, but Tyreek Chappelle was an early yeah. uh, enrollee at A&M. He's from Philadelphia. He was getting on a plane to enroll at A&M in January of 2021. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking to him. He said, I've never been to Texas before. So not only had he never been to A&M, he had never been to the state of Texas. Now, he had a big uh, had a big uh, first year, uh, you know, freshman All-American. So he's likely to stay. But let's say he didn't play much this past year. Well, Dude. now he's in a completely foreign place. He's never been. Doesn't really know anybody. He has a high school teammate. But, you know, let's say he doesn't really know anybody. Well, he's a guy that would have been a candidate to just be like, all right, man. Well, I'm not – don't love it there. You know, I'm so far away from home. And then – you know, go back closer to home. So, yeah, you almost have to play those freshmen right away, especially, like you said, if they haven't been on campus or haven't taken the visits before. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a chance to get closer to home and, you know, and, and there's just, you know, it's 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 going to be – it's 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 made it a year-round job for, for coaches to, you know, at the end of the year, you really just have to re-recruit your entire roster, to be honest with you. And at the oh, end yeah. of the spring, you kind of have to make your decisions based on, you know, where where – you know, who do you, who do you want to keep? Who do you not want to keep? But you got to re-recruit your whole roster because uh, with, with the transfer portal and, and the opportunity to go play and when we're on for some kids, it, it, there, there's, there's, there's times when the transfer portal is, 
probably best for for folks to get more playing time and if if they're going to get an opportunity somewhere else. Um, but for a lot of your guys, you really do have to recruit most of the roster. No, so it used to be freshmen. Once they signed, or high school seniors, once they signed, they're locked in. And it was like a reality check because they show up on campus and they're expecting to be wined and dined and everything. Like they were in the recruiting process. The coaches are their best friend. Well, all of a sudden now it's like, wait, what is your name? You know, and they are just on the bottom of the depth chart. You ignore them. I mean, it's just sort of a, a rite of passage for freshmen. Well, yeah, now try doing that now. And they're out. They're going to bounce after a semester. But yeah. maybe these transfers are showing up at their new spot. And they're the new freshmen because they can't transfer without sitting out a year. So you can treat those guys, you know, be like, <laughs> okay. You know, like uh, Max Johnson, he could show up. And now you just do... You know, treat him like a freshman. Like, who are you? They're not going to do that, obviously. But, you know, you you, you could do that and, and get away with it where you cannot do that. You know, you're going to – some of these freshmen are going to have to be babied when they were not in the past. Yeah, no no doubt. There's zero doubt. And, you know, it's 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 something that I think is kind of here to stay. I know for, for some fans it really frustrates them. Um, but it's here to stay, and it's, it's going to be something coaches just have to deal with on a year-round basis when – with everything going on now, it's it's going to be just it's going to be something fascinating to watch. So, um, you know, with with that, I, mean, we, I think we could spend we could spend probably a whole podcast on on just the transfer portal and and immediate eligibility and and all that. Yeah. Um, but with that, I think. And then next week for the for our transfer portal podcast, first ever. Yeah, next next week we're gonna have a transfer portal. Yeah, podcast. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna discuss optimal transfer portal destinations. If a And M gets more active in the portal, yeah, we will. You know, we might have to have we a will, we will have an active side podcast. But the the thing about it though is, and, and when you look at all this talk about the transfer portal and all that, a And M signed like two guys out of the transfer portal in two years. Yeah, and you know, just with as much movement and as much wackiness as has been going on. I mean, Jimbo Fisher kind of talked about we haven't really need to use not not that we won't use it, but you know we're going to use it if we need it. But it goes to show you where I mean, if you I thought he also brought up a good point that if you recruit a guy from the transfer portal, well now you're recruiting over a guy that you might have recruited in high school and and pitched on on playing time developing yeah. in high school, and you know you're not doing a great job developing guys in high school and. Um, I think that's kind of where their focus has been is develop the guys that we got out of high school and, and make sure we're locked in on that front and then where we need to clean up holes, we will. But they really haven't used it a whole lot. No, I, the, the one benefit of the portal to A&M is getting players off of the roster that aren't contributors. You know, clearing yeah. room for – I mean, Jimbo wants to sign 25-man class every year, 32-man this past year when they upped it. So if he wants to do that, you have to get rid of guys. Well, it used to be before, you know, it's, I mean, it's tough luck. Sorry, you know, go find a new home or if you can. Well, now at least there's a, you know, an avenue to do that and without them having to sit out. So, you know, it's made it easier for players. And I think it's probably easier to have that conversations with them. Say, you know, I mean, he's told players, hey, you know, here's the deal. If you stay here, you know, you're not going to play. Like, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Like they're, you know, you're down on the depth chart and, Players, you know, I think they, they respect that. But yeah. before that was tough to hear, and you're like, I'd have to sit out. So, you know, maybe I'll just stay here, uh, you know, and take up the scholarship. Now you're like, all right, well, I'll go to, a, you know, FCS or just not, you know, non-power five, group of five, and play. And and guys have done that. I mean, uh, Kellen Deej, Josh uh, Rogers, 
Trayvon Fuller. I mean, several A&M guys that transferred, uh, signed undrafted free agent uh, offers in the league. And so them getting new opportunities with their with their new teams, for, Nick, you know, turn, it worked the best for both both programs. Even Nick Starkle, a guy that, you know, kind of lost out in the quarterback battle. And then, you know, he signed a, a deal, I believe, with the Jets. And so, you know, he went on to have, have another couple opportunities and, and will now get his chance in the NFL. And so like you like you mentioned, it's you know, he's he's honest with guys about where they sit on the depth chart and um, you know, they want to develop as many guys as they can and, and have a deep roster that's built on the foundation of of freshmen, but you know, it's it it, it the transfer portal he's used the transfer portal as benefit in that way as well. Okay, uh, sorry for my aside. You can you no, can good. Uh, so, music. So on on that, yeah, we're 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 coming up close to now. I think this might be our longest one we've we've done yet. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, Brian and I will be on the road quite a bit this week, um, hitting up uh, hitting up several high schools. I'll be over in the Tyler area on Thursday. Um, I'll be seeing, as I mentioned, Marcus Deal early this week. Um, Desoto has got their college night. I know Brian, you'll be swinging through the San Antonio area. San Antonio and, and Austin, seeing a bunch of guys. So yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll have plenty of updates coming up on on that over on the site and, uh, and more to discuss next week um, as well. And we'll, we'll maybe mix in more transfer portal talk, depending on how <laughs> all, depending what happens this week. I know the transfer portal should quiet down now with, with that May 1st deadline. You know, I think John Rothstein tweeted, you know, we sleep in May. So the, 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 the we, but I'm sure we'll get the tra- the crazy transfer portal story this week. So with that, hope everyone has a great week and um, don't forget to, to give us a like on, on and five star review on on Spotify and iTunes, um, hit that mash that like subscribe button on uh, on YouTube to get an update every time a new video goes out. And uh, with that, we'll we'll see you guys next week and, and have a great week. and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.